Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hot House Transplants podcast. I am your host, Matt Duffy, and today with me is my wife, Joy. Hello. So when we first started the podcast, the things were a little bit different than they are now. We were not homeschooling. Uh, the kids were all in public school. And I don't think even we intended to homeschool. That wasn't really even in our consideration I, uh, last year when we started this whole thing. And uh, things have changed a lot. And we are now going to homeschool. And some of the interviews and some of the discussion to this point, because we were not homeschooling, are going to send one way. And the podcasts we're going to be releasing there's going to be comments I'm sure I've made about the kids being in public school, but that's not the case anymore uh, as of August 2023. So we wanted to just share with you a little bit about um, what we've done in the past and then why we're going back to the homeschooling now. And uh, so I'm going to turn this over to my wife and ask her to share a little bit about her experience with the kids and uh, the different kinds of schooling that we've done with them and why. Thank you, Matthew. Um, well, uh, our homeschooling journey has been interesting, to say the least. I think um, I grew up in a public school, so Matthew was kind of my first introduction into the homeschool um, lifestyle and the products of the homeschool lifestyle. And um, You mean that in a good way, though? <laughs> well, I guess it depends. <laughs> Depends. No, I was I was actually very impressed when I when I met you and heard about you being homeschooled and um, your your family and all the involvement that you had and all the things that you got to do and um, just the way you were able to live your life. I was I, I really was um, excited about that for myself um, being an introvert with a lot of social anxiety as a young person. I, I really would have loved homeschooling. I'm not sure that it would have necessarily been the very best fit for me because I probably would have been happy to just hide in my room with a stack full of books and never interact with the world. Um, but there was a lot of appeal um, to me with the idea of being able to kind of chart your own course and, um, you know, choose the path for your education and, you know, the self-determination that comes from that. And of course, the ability to not have to get up out of bed early in the morning and get on a school bus and go and spend several hours in a classroom with a bunch of people that you may or may not be afraid of. Um, so for me, that was a whole new perspective. And um, so as, as we um, got married and talked about, you know, kids, what do we want to do? I was way on board with homeschooling. It was going to be so amazing. I would be a great homeschool mom because I was, um, I had a background in education. I was, um, I taught, um, I thought this would be like, you know, falling off a log. <laughs> well, and, and I think we were, uh, I was very positive towards homeschooling as well. Yes, there definitely. was, there was, my experience was good. And so therefore to me, it was sort of a no brainer to yeah. go and try to do homeschooling ourselves. Right. So. Right. Yes. And to have all the resources at our fingertips that we could possibly need um, with, you know, grandparents that were very involved and um, just a big network of family and, and all of that. It seemed like this would be just a, a home run right off the bat. So um, we have three kids. Our oldest is almost 16, just like two months away from being 16. Um, and then um, our two boys are um, almost 13 and then 10. So this is looking back quite a ways. But um, so when we started homeschooling, it was it was I think I was surprised by how difficult it was to 
homeschool with um, younger babies in the house? You know, like how do you how do you make time? How do you how do you separate your your um, schoolwork from all the other things and the demands of having an infant or toddlers underfoot and and um, the struggles that were there? But you know, for the most part, that it wasn't so difficult then because the um, academics of that time period for for our oldest, you know, she was just doing some basic stuff and um, it wasn't that demanding, but as she got older and we started struggling through different subjects like math and language arts, um, I began to get really frustrated, less by, you know, having the younger kids around, but more so by the fact that um, she would be very frustrated with being corrected and um, it turned into a situation where I felt like most of my relationship with her was being defined by me telling her how she was wrong, which as a teacher, you know, it's your responsibility to correct them and to help them and say, oh no, you know what, you did this wrong, go back, I want you to do it again, and I want you to try and make this better. But to hear that as a kid from your mom, I think can be really devastating. Um, well, and if, if, if you haven't listened to my episodes, uh, episodes two and three, y- you'll connect. This is exactly what I sort of experienced with my mom growing up. And, and so when I saw this happening between you and Reason, our daughter, to me, it was just this, I knew what it was because I had experienced it. And I don't think you guys quite knew what was going on. And I don't know that I could have verbalized it as well, but to me, it was very obvious that there was a pattern about to repeat that needed to be stopped for the sake of you and for the sake of reason. Right. Exactly. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to my episode. I, expe- I talk about this particular issue quite a bit because it was very personal. Yes. So. Yes. And the first article that we put up on the blog addresses right. this because this, right. this was a huge factor um, in in how our homeschool was going and how I felt about it. So um having a relationship defined by this teacher persona that I had to have with my daughter, I felt it, it was really difficult to, um, to switch between mommy mode and teacher mode. And de- I think it was definitely difficult for her to separate the two, um, oh, yeah. if not impossible as a young, young child. So, um, you know, after a lot of discussion, I think Matthew was the one that really pointed out, you know, Hey, this is, this is, you look like you're struggling and, um, so we decided to kind of take a different tack with homeschooling, and um, the boys were in, we put the boys in preschool, uh, which was great for them at our, at our church, and then um, I found a local homeschool um, campus where we could take classes a la carte. So I would um, enroll her in the classes there that were the ones that we were struggling the most in, um, the ones where I felt like... Um, she was feeling most um, uh, criticized in. So I, I, I was able to pass those off to another teacher um, so she could be in a classroom, get feedback from another person, another, another adult, and then I could come alongside and help her um, you know, as she's working to revise and change and, and, and grow and, and learn. Then I could be on her team instead of being uh, you know, the person that was, that was coming at her with a red pen. So that really helped. Um, I thought that was a really good place for us to be. So the boys ended up taking classes there too. And it, it was a fun day, um, you know, spending, we were there two days a week. 
for most of the day sitting outside under a tree and the kids would come and go into their classes. And um, I, th- I feel like that was working pretty well. That had resolved a lot of the issues. And it, and it also put them in a place where they were with a lot of other kids, mm-hmm. other parents, other authority figures, structure, which our son Luke really needed. Yes. He thrives in structure. And so it gave all of those different things that it was really going to be hard for us to provide for them at the time. Right. Yes, exactly. Where we were living, there weren't a lot of kids in our neighborhood. Um, and so anywhere we went, we, we, you know, when the kids wanted to have social time, we had to take them somewhere. So this was nice. It was, you know, one place and the kids could play soccer in between classes and have buddies and eat lunch together and, you know, run around like dinosaurs and all the things that they did on that at, uh, church Which campus. They do all of those things still. They, yes, they so. do, but it's in our backyard now. Yeah. Um, so that, that was doing pretty well. But when we started... Um, contemplating uh, our cross-country move, which took place in 2019. So this would have been 2017, 2018, when we were having these conversations. Um, you know, we were looking into, like, well, what's what's the homeschool community going to look like in Tennessee? And um, talking with some friends, they, they were very positive about their experience with the public schools here. And the area that we were moving was, was very well known for its, um, for its school district. Um, it's a it's a high quality school district and and their comments were like hey public schooling here is it's like everything that private schooling was in California as far as the quality of education you would get and just the value system of the people in the community so we felt pretty comfortable comfortable and confident that um, when we moved we would start the kids off in public school for the first time um, so we moved in 2019 and uh, we got here in the middle of summer, and then they started up in August at, um, at their new school. So my daughter, Reason, was attending middle school. So she started off in sixth grade going to the local middle school, and then the boys were both attending our local elementary school, which is um, in a neighborhood adjacent to us, so it's, it's pretty close. In fact, they were able to walk to school for quite a long time, and... Um, that uh, elementary school, I think, was a really great experience for them. It was very community-oriented. All their friends were going there. Everyone in this in the neighborhood was zoned for that school. Um, they had a lot of great teachers. Um, I had a lot of confidence in that school. The um, the principal of that school, her kids went that to that school. They lived in the neighborhood, um, so it felt very much connected to our community and our community culture. Um, the middle school is a little farther out, so it was a longer trip. It was um, in a more rural district, so um, it was a little school, and um, it, was, it was great in a lot of ways, but I think Reason really was struggling there. Um, I don't know about the first year because, <laughs> surprise, surprise, we moved here, and I think by spring break, everything was shutting down for, for COVID, so the kids actually did not finish their first year of school they didn't have a full year of school which it was it was funny how everyone was so upset about all these things that weren't going to happen they weren't going to have their end of the school year parties and all these things and my kids are just like okay well whatever (laughs) they'd never experienced any of that before so for them it it just it wasn't a big deal being able to run free in the neighborhood was just like par for the course for them um but that was definitely a different year but the following year i think um I just, I noticed a lot of changes in reason, partially, you know, going through 
adolescence at that time and just um, middle school is rough it can be really really rough I think a lot of kids um, are dealing with so many things and so many of her friends were dealing with just a lot a lot of bad situations a lot of um, a lot of divorce anxiety depression um, you know a lot of it coming from COVID too it was it's just been really bad so when also they they both had a lot of trouble with disruptive classes yes. reason really that was one of the big things that started is she had people in her classes that were disruptive and this the, the teachers couldn't do very much right. at some point and yeah. that really was ruining her class experience because was. she was getting distracted all the time mm. and well, um, ducking <laughs> yeah. it was it was beyond distracting yeah it, it, the situation um in her school like the the school is a great school the teachers are great but public school system in general is just not capable of being responsive to the the changing and dynamic needs of, of a classroom and the students. And the teacher's hands were pretty tied yeah. as far as um, being able to remove people from the classroom that were causing trouble and, and having um, kids who just really enjoyed creating a ruckus by triggering some of the other students that maybe had emotional troubles and other things. And and being in scenarios where desks were being flipped over and books were being thrown across the classroom. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of hard to believe at first. And then, you know, it, it was, it, it got to the point where she just did not want to go to school. She yeah. liked her teachers, but she, she knew there were only one or two teachers that were capable of keeping the classroom going off the rails. And, um, in a small school like that, like you're, you're with the same people in all of your classes. So it was, it was rough. And so we began looking for other options for her. So she finished up middle school there and we had um, started a search for private schools in the area and um, applied and she got accepted to one that was really close to our house. It looked like a great school to be at. And um, I think at that point, we were um, kind of starting to count the cost, not just financial cost, which, you know, is, is not, you know, it, it's a consideration, but the cost of, of how much time we were missing with her. So she would get up in the morning, get on the bus at, you know, 7.55 and get home maybe 4.30, 4.45 and then, um, you know, have her schoolwork and then crash for the night and that that's all we would see of her during the week when it was it was the same for the boys because this was all sort of happening mm-hmm. at the same time that yeah. the boys would go to school in the morning and they would come back they really didn't have as much homework right. but there was still there was just this sense of as a family I know for me I was not getting time with them very much and um, by the time they would come home especially she would do her schoolwork and then it would run into the weekend and then Luke started having similar things. It was just, it was getting ridiculous that we weren't seeing our kids. And um, I was specifically trying to change the work schedule and reduce my work so that I could have more time with them, which didn't really matter because they were gone. They were on buses, ridiculous amount. Like it was getting absurd how long they were, they were on a bus to get to and from a school. Right. And um, so we had all these sort of things working together that made us missing time with them being frustrated with wasted time, not at liking the context they were finding themselves in. And then I also felt like James wasn't being challenged 
which is not uncommon, I guess, but he's really smart and he was just, it was sort of fluff what they were doing in school and, and he really rises to an intellectual challenge. He just, nobody was pushing him. Right. So a lot of factors. Um, so we ended up deciding to put reason, not in a private school, but in, um, a homeschool tutorial. So here in Tennessee, they have a ton of these and it's, it's such a thing, um, a lot of families, I'd say the majority of homeschoolers in our area use a tutorial. So the tutorials can be uh, one, two, maybe three days a week. And for the younger kids, they'll maybe teach a portion. They'll teach, you know, one or two subjects and then you teach the other ones at home. Or they'll do some parts of all the subjects and then you do the rest of those at home. And as you get higher in grade levels, the tutorials tend to be more comprehensive. So we put her in a two-day-a-week tutorial. I signed her up for six classes. So she had all four of her core classes plus two electives. And she got all her instruction on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Wednesdays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, she was at home doing her work. Um, so it was, it was completely hands-off. I was not teaching her anything, which always feels funny to me to say she was homeschooled because technically I wasn't, I wasn't her teacher at all. Um, and she did fine. She did fine, and um, so Luke went to middle school last year, and then um, watching him experience the same type of frustrations, um, the kids, I think, were really all on board with with making a change. So um, we went and put Luke, uh, I applied for him to go to the same tutorial that Reason was going to, and he was also accepted. Um, <laughs> and after all of this process, we applied to so many things, and... <laughs> didn't end up uh, actually accepting things like that. Um, After this whole process, we decided to not, in fact, um, enroll either of them in the tutorial for this year. Um, And that was mainly out of a desire, like you said, Matthew, of of just being able to spend more time with them. Um, Academics are great, but I'm not a really big fan of um, college prep academics. Um, I feel like it's just more than is necessary and, um, you know, our, our values for what we wanted to teach them and um, the possibility of being able to spend more time doing things as a family and traveling this year um, with your, your changed work schedule and your ability to work from home more. Um, the appeal of that was so great. So we are stepping into a new challenge this year of homeschooling all three of our kids aged 16, 13, and 10, when we, yeah, well, almost close enough, um, at home with no other uh, teachers but us. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that we had talked about was, and, and we'll go into this more, we're going to do some more sort of update episodes along the way, because we're, we're doing some things maybe a little different, Um, but I think good for our family at least. And part of that is I'm more involved. I'm going to teach two classes myself, but I'm doing them a little bit of a a more unusual way. Um, So we want to, we'll probably be sharing what we're going to try to do and how it's working just as I I think in general, people are looking for ideas and um, they'd like to know what works, what doesn't work. Um, So we're, we're going to share, we're going to, what we're going to do. But also I think one of the things that excites us about doing the homeschooling is um, it, it's not just that we can do more as a family. It's, it becomes a part of our life, not just in a, in a, 
in a nine to five sense. It becomes a part of what we do when we go and we travel. And when we go do fun things, it, it allows us to see learning and experience as a part of life rather than as something we do when we go to a certain place and then we come home and then we stop. It allows us to say, no, all these things that we get to do in life, there's some incredible things we can experience and learn and share with one another. Um, but I, you know, we're both watching the kids grow up so quick. And I think, especially for me, I, I mean, for you as well, but for me personally, just watching them and knowing they're going to be out of the house so soon, it, it just is sort of heartbreaking to see them gone all the time. Yes. And so for us, homeschooling is an opportunity to have the kids near as much as possible and invest in them as much as possible. And not that they're like, you know, out the door at 18, but they might be, who knows? And, and not that we don't get to invest in them after that, but just that it's a precious time when they're under your roof and they're sort of under your authority in that context Mm -hmm. to, to really pour into them, not just academic, but learning how to think, how to discuss, how to learn, um, how to engage people and just how to, how to try to be the kinds of people God's made them to be, that he's making us to be. So um, there's just a lot going on, I guess, that we're super excited about. Yeah, so. yeah. I think for me, the, the big game changer was my realization that with the amount of time that you had free and how excited you were about like, oh, we could do this and we could do that. Like it, it was this sudden realization for me that, oh, if we're homeschooling, I'm not going to be doing this alone this right. time. Um, you know, that, that I would have you there, that you're going to be a part of this. You're going to be teaching them things and interacting with them. And they're so thirsty for time with you. Um, they they just love it. I mean, okay, they don't always love it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, sometimes it's the thing they... <laughs> oh, no, Dad. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just such a valuable opportunity. And I feel really blessed that we are in a situation in which you have the time to pour into them right now. Um, it's critical years, I think, especially for, for the boys going into adolescence to have their dad, um, investing in their life to this degree is just, uh, it's an amazing opportunity. So I'm very excited about team teaching with my husband. Well, and, and, and and you're going to see we're we're starting to release articles and these are these are things that I have been learning and processing through for a while that we're going to be releasing. And you're going to notice a pattern. But one of the things that I think of is, uh, is, is I think we as husbands, as men, as fathers need to find ways to participate in the homeschooling process. And I know they can be really intimidating and challenging because you're also working. But I, I think that is critical for the relationships for the mother, for your wife, um, for the for for everything that's going on to find a way to be a part of it, um, and there's a lot of different ways that that can be done. And we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that more. And I've got a I've got notes of an article we're gonna write that specifically to try to help men reimagine how they can um, be involved. And so um, anyway, so we we just wanted to share that with you specifically because it's a massive life change, but also you're gonna notice some irregularities in the podcast we've already recorded and words that are said back and forth about us being in public school. Uh, so we just wanted to try to mitigate confusion that could be coming out. So as of August, 2023, that's what we're going to be doing right. and uh, look forward to sharing with you guys a little bit more of the journey along the way. Yeah. Our first full week of school will be starting on Monday. So Monday. So exciting. That's excellent. Well, we thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't listened to the other episodes we have, you can check out 
at the hothousetransplants.com website. And you can follow us on Facebook. And then, of course, the podcast is available anywhere that you might want to listen to a podcast. You can you can check that out, too. So, so Joy, thank you for doing this with me. Thank I you very much. I appreciate it.